On this week's episode of Friend Code, the Sonic the Hedgehog live-action trailer is here. Yikes. <laughs> Looks like Nintendo's finally ready to say goodbye to the 3DS, and the big N actually finally says something about those new Switch model rumors. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani. This week, I'm joined by Ash Paulson from Game Explain. Thank you for having me back. Yes, I'm always happy finally. to be here. Yes. Uh, tried the past two weeks for this to work. It's finally happened. Finally. I'm so excited to have you here, though. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be Great here. Great to have you here. Also, very excited to have Brandon Jones. I'm excited. Ash is here. I'm excited. I'm here. I'm excited about all. I'm excited to make fun of a trailer. There's there a lot that, of things. This I'm is why, Jones. To. I was like, yes, I have you on. <laughs> nice. We're talking about a trailer. I was like, woo, pop, this is good pop. stuff. And before we started, I just have to say this: I love this new space. So happy for you guys. My first time seeing it. This is fantastic. So well, thank you very I love much. It. Yeah, it was it was fun finally, Jones. I get to show somebody <laughs> the new studio for the first time. I was nice. like, oh, this is kind of cool. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, it's, this is nice. Um, yeah, good stuff, but not. Possibly not good stuff. The yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog live action trailer. Finally got to check it out. You, you know, obviously, you both have seen it, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, just real quick, your hot take on this. Um, I just think it's. I think it misses the mark in so many ways. I think you, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, what what makes me so sad is that. So much of that trailer is taken up by James Marsden and Jim Carrey. That like the movie, this is Sonic's movie, you know, and like Sonic is usually center stage and has so much personality and is so, you know, um, I just want to hear like the last joke of the trailer is him like stuffed in a bag, and it just seems like it just seems like the filmmakers are like let's you know the writers are like let's focus on things that we know are funny because we have no idea what to do in the Sonic the Hedgehog space, and like you get you get to the end, and I actually totally missed this, and somebody like social media pointed out to me that like in the end when you see Jim Carrey like kind of seems like he might be in the Sonic world, and so like they're maybe hinting at that, but it was just like. This is no time to hint. This is no time to like set it up like a dumb comedy and then oh surprise we actually go see it later or some trailer drops later we're like okay well now we're interested in it. Uh, yeah, very weird first impression. That's a great point actually. I never looked at it like that, but it's true that it seems like the Sonic element is is the part that the the producers and, and director are having the most trouble figuring out because everything else felt at least more natural, at least a little bit. And I will say, I said this in our Game Explain reaction discussion too. It was somehow both better and worse than I expected. Uh, you know, worse just because I mean, it Sonic's look. I mean, those those non those gloveless white furry hands creep me out so much. I don't like it. <laughs> At the same time, I did. I have to say, I did like when he spin dashed uh, Robotnik's car, and yeah. like, that was pretty cool. A cool hero moment. And I got to say, no matter how this movie turns out, good, bad, horrible. Jim Carrey's going to be a blast to watch. Sure. He's going to be fantastic. Yeah. He's going to absolutely make this movie. I kind of see him maybe as the Raul Julia of, of this. I've seen that comparison made, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I, yeah. I saw some people hoping that he will be exactly. the Raul Julia. Of that, like that We're going to remember this as like that type of performance, which right. you know, would be amazing. So, like, Ash, uh, I was trying to think of positive things to say about this trailer, actually. Mm-hmm. And Jones alluded, uh, you, ca- you talked about one already. Uh, the final shot does show Jim Carrey kind of full Robotnik. Those giant mushrooms, like, oh, they might go to Sonic's world. We might yeah. actually get to see the Sonic areas that I was hoping to see in a live-action movie. Uh, you talked about the spin dash attack. Like, they were using trademark Sonic moves, but right. also the trademark sound effects. I was like, oh, they just use the sound effects from the game. There you go. That's nice. You know, some yeah. authentic- authenticity there. The the thing is, though, I feel like the 
the biggest shortcoming of the trailer for me, besides what both of you mentioned, is that I feel like they picked some of the worst Jim Carrey scenes to show off. That the, the exchange between the, gen, the the higher ranking military, I think it was a general, I forget, uh-huh. yeah. and him and him trying to like you know make fun of like who's in charge? Huh? Huh? Doesn't matter. I was like, I don't know what it felt like. I was like, did they not edit this right? Because this feels like I'm looking at the rough cut of something, and it, it wasn't polished up and put in there. It, it felt kind of out of place in the trailer for some reason. And I, I couldn't put my finger quite huh. on it. What was well, what tough. was off about it? It's tough to get a characterization of Robotnik because, like in that scene, he's, he's obviously like I think kind of what I get a sense that I'm going for, or what Carrie's going for, is this like very smart person. Nobody understands him. He's constantly you know building crazy contraptions, or he has weird goals, and like just doesn't have a lot of friends because he's committed to his work and like not a lot of people. He has that one guy who's like his henchman who speaks for him in that, in that right. one moment. But like I get a sense of, like he's not really friends with them. Maybe they don't understand him. And so I would expect someone like that to be like really focused on their work. So like I think an interesting scene would be not to like rewrite this movie, but like what if he gets out of the helicopter and he's like talking to himself and the generals are like, who's is he talking to me? Who's what's going on? You know, you just see him so wrapped up and trying to figure out what's going on. Like I actually like them the two moments where they see, you know, where they see his hair, you know, and like it actually has like properties to itself. And so you just this like obsession with like what is this thing and like how can I harness its power? How can I uh, and then of course I, I imagine over the course of the film getting just gradually more pissed off that he just keeps trying to stop Sonic and keeps failing to do it. And so just this kind of infatuation with Sonic that it's just like Robotnik Sonic, that's it. The fact that he's like taking a moment to like harass this general, you know, and like monologue instead, it's just kind of like, what does he even want? Like, it, it's weird to kind of get a, a direction for where the character is going from that. Yeah, I, I could see what you mean. I actually did like that scene in the trailer. It didn't feel like a rough cut to me, but I could okay. I could kind of see where you're coming from. I will say that it maybe wasn't the best moment to pick for the trailer because it it didn't again. It wasn't just about Robotnik and Sonic. It was him, yeah. you know, kind of focusing in on this other guy. At the same time, maybe it gives us kind of a, a hint that this characterization of Robotnik is, as you said, kind of eclectic, kind of in his own head, kind of just sees himself as better than everybody. And we do know that from the game version of, of Robotnik, you know, his IQ is crazy high, and you know, he kind of he, he wants to build Eggman Land, right? His own, literally, his own empire. He wants to be the face of the planet. So, in that sense, this Robotnik does seem to kind of echo those you know those proper qualities of what you'd want a movie version of Robotnik to have feels like a Robotnik origin story yeah from the little we've seen it seems like maybe he'll kind of fully come into you know his own like the Robotnik that we know they kind of show that in the trailer his transformation from just like the basic outfit to his actual like physical features changing and so that's Pretty safe yeah. assumption to make. Well, I anyway. think it's I think it's just a new you know a, a new alternative origin story for Sonic in general because even you yeah. know what some of the text in the trailer says every hero has a genesis which doesn't make sense outside of North America for <laughs> <Right>. whatever reason <laughs> right. but uh, but yeah so you know I think it's meant it's being positioned as an origin story in general probably both for Sonic and Robotnik and and just as an alternative kind of origin story for them yeah yeah uh, yeah I, could, I, I that's the vibe I get as well mm. I think. The things that are probably like the most off-putting to me was the one the song choice. That's <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a, it, that is a very um, I love that song. Sure, it just didn't fit no. this trailer at all. I'll, and it's all the trailer has. There's it, no it, other. Yeah. Just, yeah. There's no other pace change. There's no right. other like you know yes. like like to me when he jumps out of that truck, ch- dr- leave that song behind. Now give me energy. Now give me like rock. Give me something even right. like a techno something. Just something that like go 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 that has like a ton of energy, and. 
it just still goes back to and they they, they they like sample it in weird ways and like one of my big rules that I always talk about with trailers if you're gonna grab a song it's like surprise me with that song sure. like if I know that song make it sound like I have never heard it before and or incorporate you know, sound effects or sound design from this world so I can kind of get a sense of the marriage of these two yeah. things. Ah, I see why you picked that. Um, and this is just, yeah, it's completely doing most of the heavy lifting. Yeah, I have no idea why they picked that song. And it was actually something that they rumored before the trailer came out that Gangsta's Paradise was the song for the trailer. <laughs> and I was so, I was actually, that, that made me really excited because I agree with you that that song has no place in this trailer whatsoever. <laughs> At the same time, when Sonic is bad, he really shoots for the moon. And, and when he's tone deaf, I mean... Sonic gets, tends to be tone deaf in a way that that no other franchise, no other character is, and Gangsta's Paradise in this trailer is kind of part of that. So I yeah. can't help but kind of love it at the same sure. time because it's like, what the hell are they thinking? Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's just you know, only you can't make this stuff up. Only Sonic would venture into this completely tone deaf territory. Right. Yeah. My the other thing that was off putting to me as well was. Just, I feel like in 2019, this is the Sonic movie we're getting. I feel like what I saw could have been done at any point in like the last 15 years. Like it, it, sure. it, it didn't seem. I don't know. There, it just seemed a little. It wasn't. What, it wasn't what I was, I was. I was expecting. And yeah, just the look of. We talked about it enough. The like the look of Sonic just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I'm all for trying something different, sure. but to me, everything in my mind just screams that looks wrong. That looks bad. But yeah. thankfully, we do have a new development. I know we've been, you've been hearing a lot of opinions probably over the past two days about the oh. Sonic trailer. Are we done making fun of it? No, I'm kidding. It's fine. <laughs> we're not done. Yet. I don't no, think we'll actually, ever be. We're done. We're done. But uh, there's official statement about maybe the look might change. The, the this might not be it. So uh, Jeff Fowler, who is I believe the the director on the film, um, tweeted out that thank you for your support. Uh, sorry, thank you for the support and the criticism. The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making this character the best he can be. I mean, you don't hear that very often. Yeah. You don't get direct responses to criticism like that in any form of entertainment. How soon this movie's coming out? Oh, and, that's, yeah. and that's CG. The post team is like, we're doing what now? Yeah. I know. Those poor <laughs> animators. Every shot involving yeah. him would have to be, oh, that's huge. That's, no, that's, and budget-wise? Millions and oh, millions totally. and millions of dollars. So do you, do you think this is damage control PR, or do you think this will actually lead to some changes? I mean, it's a pretty high-profile statement that can't exactly be swept under the rug. So I feel like maybe we won't, we won't get significant, serious, wide-sweeping changes, but maybe some... You know, some touch-ups here and there. Maybe a slight, you know, kind of shift in design. But I wouldn't expect a from-the-ground-up retooling. Because, again, this this movie's supposed to be out in November. I mean, you know, if, yeah. if they're keeping that date, there's only so much they can do. Those poor yeah. animators are going to oh, be yeah. up all night, you know, crunching for, up for the next, like, six months, five months to get this movie out. <sighs> if they got to, you know, have wide-sweeping changes to Sonic's design. Yeah. So. I, 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 yeah, I, like, I just... I, I just can't imagine like the cost. Like yeah, Jones, like this seems unrealistic, yeah. right? And you know what? There is that kind of sadistic part of me that's like, just make that whatever move, whatever this is, just get it done. Uh-huh. You know, ju- I just want to see what you had in mind. Yeah, you know, like what weird idea that you had. Um, but uh, I mean, I certainly think I certainly think there's time to change it around with the trailer. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. like they can certainly you know focus on the right stuff. And like I said, just like. 
make it fun. Like I think it was funny. I think they like tried to play like comedic moments, and then like like you said, like w- right when he flips that car, even the reaction after he's like, "Is that the best you got?" And he's like, "Well, no, but thank you for asking." And then <laughs> yeah, the other. I love like, that. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, now I'm kind of enjoying this. That yeah. was like the best and, scene. For and me, Jim yeah. at the end with the with the goggles is just like. That this whole trailer should be nothing but that. It should be, should be yeah. complete absurdity. Really focused on. It reminds me of uh, the the Muppet movies in a sense because there was this weird shift that happened like in the late '80s and '90s of like the original Muppet films were like a handful of Muppets and a ton of humans, and then now now that when you make Muppet movies, it's like one or two humans and they're just Muppets all over the place. And like I'm hoping we get to that latter part near the end of this film where just kind of the sonicness takes everything over. But to have so much of the the human world, like that last bit by the elevator, it's just like, Sonic's not even in that shot. What even movie are we watching right now? You know, it's like, yeah, this is just about as far from, you know, the, the nature of these games as yeah. you could possibly get, as almost as if like that was your goal. Yeah. So like, I, maybe the Earth stuff is like maybe 30 minutes in and then we get this kind of big fun song and dance at the yeah, end. Or that, I right. I, I will say it does feel like a tonal shift much like we got with like you know from Sonic 3 and Knuckles or Sonic 3 Blast to like Sonic Adventure suddenly we were in Station <laughs> Square and, yeah. and Sonic Adventure 2 the president is, is trying to contact Sonic and it's like what when did he go from being like on Mobius or whatever it is South Island or wherever he lives to the real world it's, yeah. it was such a weird tonal shift and we kind of see that in the movie as well and I don't know I almost hate to think it but we might get to the point where you know we get a, a teaser for a sequel at the very end of the movie where they go to Sonic's world and then maybe that's like the idea yeah. you know for the second movie oh but now we get to be in Sonic's world hopefully that's not the case because as we saw in the trailer we do see Eggman with his excuse me Robotnik with his proper mustache so uh, we'll see but I agree with you I think the, the movie needs to double down on those cool moments between Sonic and Robotnik get all the other stuff you know that obviously needs to be there you gotta have James Marsden's character all that but let that be window dry, you know, or, yeah. you know. Let that be in the background, kind of, kind of enhance things in a in a subtle way. But it should be about Sonic and Robotnik. And there is that there is a kind of a blink if you uh, and you'll miss it moment toward the end of the trailer where he's about to avoid all those rockets, mm-hmm. and he, Sonic just has a cool hero moment where he looks at Robotnik and she just looks like I'm gonna get you. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're you're pissing me off. And then Robotnik does the same thing, and you you get that kind of. <laughs> That rivalry there, and, and that kind of, and I love that. So I yeah. hope the movie doubles down on stuff like that. Yeah, I, I hope so too. Because my biggest fear is that it, it doesn't do enough of what you said, yeah, and it ends up just being a boring movie. At the yeah. very least, I want it to like, I want it to go out in a spectacular disaster fashion, exactly. Like, where it's just like goofy, cheesy, ridiculous. Like we're laughing at it because it's just so bad. Yeah, I hate it when it's so bad, but I'm not laughing at it, and I'm just not interested. And that's my biggest fear for this film. No, it needs to be more '90s Street Fighter and less The Legend of Chun Li. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Gotta go fast. So yeah, Sonic. <laughs> well, we want. I wanted to talk about it because you know Sonic is. It's not exclusively Nintendo, but it has had a rich history with Nintendo over the past kind of like two almost two decades now. And uh, a lot of people are going to be comparing it to Detective Pikachu, which is also coming up. Oh yeah, right. Just about a, a week week from today, uh, opening night. Uh, we're going to be excited for that. Uh, but I want to change gears here. I want to move away from the, the movie discussions. Let's get back to some like hardware discussion, but not the hardware everyone's thinking of. We talked a lot about Switch on here, and we'll get to it later. I want to talk about the 3DS. Uh-huh. Ooh, so the Nintendo 3DS, great handheld system. 
Nintendo recently held a financial briefing for its investors uh, talking about the previous fiscal year, talking about like their earnings reports, how everything did. Um, and uh, during, the, during the slide presentation uh, from uh, Nintendo CEO uh, Shintaro Furukawa, basically no mention of 3DS other than the sales numbers in the slides, like no new announcements, no kind of like something surprising for people. And uh, basically, the only thing on the horizon is there's three more third-party games coming out for uh, 3DS. One of those is uh, Persona Q2, mm-hmm. which is coming out here, and then the other two are only coming out in Japan. Huh. And that's kind of it for the 3DS. Um, Kotaku actually tried reaching out for comment on this, trying to say, like, hey, can you clarify your position on the 3DS now after this briefing? And Nintendo's spokesperson got back to them and said, we have nothing new to announce regarding first-party software for the Nintendo 3DS family of systems. We can confirm that new software is coming from third-party publishers, which those three games. Right, right. Um, There's also been a few rumors that uh, have been circulating for the last about few days, maybe to a week ago, where... Uh, Nintendo's trying to phase out the remaining 2DS and 3DS stock to make way for that rumored Switch Lite. So this could be the beginning of the end for the 3DS. And uh, what I wanted to get into uh, comes from our first patron question from Straw Hat Ninja. Um, Greetings, allies, and welcome back, Ash. Thank you. I recognize your name, so hello, Straw Hat Ninja. (laughs) The 3DS had a rough start, but ended up being a great success. Fire Emblem Awakening got me into Fire Emblem and ended up saving the series. I hope that meant saving the series for them? I don't know, but it was also the first game. I think financially, because Awakening was going to be the end. Yeah, Yeah. financially it did, but I was like, quality-wise, I don't know about that. uh, Fair enough. It's now my favorite Nintendo franchise. That makes me really happy to hear. But their question is, what are some of your favorite memories and games on the 3DS? Love and respect. All right. Well, that's yeah. I mean that's a big question. Lots to unpack there. Uh, the first one I'll mention. I hate to steal your thunder, so I think one that we both. Oh no! On, I'm, yeah. Uh, Street steal Pass. Steal away. Yeah. Street Pass was, yeah. and this is something that one of the many things Andre likes to rib me for because he never really saw the point in it. I love Street Pass. It was such a big part of my 3ds ownership. I, I went to. I I actually. Uh, Almost, I didn't start it, but I was part of the beginnings of a Street Pass Los Angeles group. Oh, nice. Where we yeah. would basically meet every week just to get tagged so we could play those cool games. Because there was nothing, there still hasn't been anything quite like Street Pass, and there certainly yeah. wasn't before it. Yeah. And I still kind of, kind of find myself wishing that the Switch had its own solution for that, because I like yeah. taking it with me. And there's just something really cool about tagging random people and getting their data and, and having them help you in all these games that literally cannot be played otherwise. And I missed that. It was I just yes. I met so many people through it. The games were so fun, collecting all the hats. And they, every new update, I'd be like, "Oh man, what new hats do they have? And what new games?" And I just really, really missed that. And that was such a big part of the 3DS for me. Yeah, it used to be a ritual for me. You Jones, though, like, yeah, you did a lot with the Street Pass, especially like game uh, back at Game Trailers days. Right? Like, we'd all take them out and stuff. Like, do you take it to events and stuff like that? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Well, not only cons, but I'm a huge Disneyland fan. Oh, oh yeah. There you go. So Street Pass and 3DS were the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, at Disneyland. And what was really funny, Ash, was like, I would, I remember the second time I took it to Disneyland, and I passed someone for the second time. And I was like, how? Yeah. <laughs> how the hell? And I'm like, oh, that's like an employee. And they probably have it in their locker. And I just was close and I enough love getting on some ride or something that like I went by the employee area, you know, and like there's some, imagine being an employee at Disneyland just uh, getting street passes oh, yeah. every single day. But 
Uh, I love the messaging. I love that I would see people. They're like, my first trip to Disneyland, or like uh, loved when I would like unlock like some part of Japan on the map. Like, yes, I know, you know like, right? Yeah. Yes, and of course, it's like an, yes. an impossible dream to think I'm going to literally unlock the whole world, you know? But just yeah. like getting some random part of like Yugoslavia or something, like, yeah. Um, loved it and a fun story. Uh, I, I, I have my, my street pass at work and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start passing people that I know in the office at GameTrailers.com. Nice. And then in, into my 3DS comes this very depressed looking fellow. And I'm like, why would, why would somebody on earth make their me look sad? Like, who, what is this weirdo <laughs> that, that has their, cause I, like the, the name was different or something or like there was, I couldn't tell the name or I think everyone came, they all came in as a group yeah. and I was like, who is that guy? So I like wander out. Like into the cubicle area, and I'm just looking around. Like, can I can I like recognize this guy from like who he is? And I'm like, oh, it's that guy right over there, Mr. Kyle Bossman. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. For the first time because I'd never seen his me before because we'd never like played a Nintendo game together. Right. And I knew Kyle had been around him, but like I just didn't instantly recognize him from the street pass. And at the time, I was I was not really friends with Kyle. Like we were still working on stuff. I was around him. But like we had never worked on a feature together. He wasn't doing reviews. He was mostly just working on GTTV. Yeah. And I'll ne- every time I think about Kyle and just like the history of our friendship, it was just the, him like That's <laughs> this sad so guy, this mopey guy, just wandering into my gate. Yeah, Jones. <laughs> like, uh, it was just a, yeah. That was one of the f- best features about it was like meeting other people's me's, seeing those messages. One thing uh, you mentioned, like when you unlock a new country, I think one thing that uh, Street Pass did very well uh, to encourage you uh, to keep doing it was. We keep harping on Switch not having achievements. At least, at least the two of us yeah. have uh, right. in our past episodes. I don't know how you feel about Switch not achievements, but 3DS kind of had a built-in achievement system for Street Pass. You had all those like kind of like milestones that you would unlock, and yeah. I, was, uh, I was like, "There you go. That, that just, that's just that's enough incentive right there." I, yeah. That one made me want. Oh, I gotta meet my my hundredth me or my five hundredth me or right. my tenth golden special me. Like I wanted to hit all those, and it was. One of the many reasons that kept me coming back, like every single day, religiously checking it, trying like the, the for me it was the puzzle pieces. Oh, me too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And conventions yep. were the best. For the that. best. Loved it. Completely changed the way you interact with a convention. Any convention. Oh yeah. yeah. May Expo, E3, Comic Con. <laughs> E3 not as much because you're working and yeah you're trying to check but you really can't. Yeah. You're just running around exactly. from appointment to appointment. But I'll never forget one of my fun memories of Street Pass was I was sitting outside of a Jersey Mike's of all places, <laughs> sitting outside of a Jersey. Mike's uh, waiting in my car for my wife who is inside getting something and I get a street pass so I, I open it up and check it out and it's uh, it's it, the guy says Ben Drowned and it's the the link from that ha- that uh, creepypasta <laughs> yeah, from the Majora's Mask Haunted Cartridge and it was perfectly done because of that creepy Link statue and I got goosebumps I'm like this is the beauty of street pass this wouldn't have, you'd never have that without yeah. something like street pass it's a very very Nintendo thing it's something that I, I feel only Nintendo would have tried yeah, I remember gaming the system with the puzzles because oh. you could spend, I mean, this isn't like super coins. complicated, but you could spend the coins yes. to get them, but you could also get repeat pieces. And so I would like manually, f- if, if I was like, if I had a lot of cash and I'm like, oh, it's maybe time to spend these to try to get more pieces, I would try to fill up all of my puzzles first uh-huh. and then leave just the rest of the ones blank and then buy a bunch and then it all get, because those puzzles are finished. And so now yep. I'm like only getting new stuff. Because right. that was so frustrating. We were just like, oh, that I only was... got five coins left. I'm like, no. Yeah, that <laughs> was like that always piece. the strategy was getting like, oh, we want to get all the pink pieces you can first. Yep. And then right. you want to finish a whole puzzle so that like any of the new things will go into there because yeah. reduce the chances of getting duplicates. Because you know, once it's complete, off limits. Can't get a dupe from that anymore. And I love this yeah. like stupid like 
mental like this anticipation of like who in the game trailer's office would be the one collecting pieces uh-huh. so it was always funny this this drama of like Jeremy Hoffman would come up and I'd be like Hoffman I need the piece and he's like I ain't got no pieces and you walk away like oh. <laughs> nice <laughs> you know? that's so good that expectation like Kyle surely Kyle has I'm like I ain't collected pieces get out of here uh, <laughs> like, I, will, I will say the dark side of all this was that if, if you were unfortunate enough to lose or have your 3DS break or whatever losing Street Pass progress was oh, yeah. obviously it's very the most first world of problems yep. but it was so depressing to lose that progress and I remember I uh, I lost my 3DS at work where I was working at Nickelodeon at the time and I'm pretty sure someone stole it because I never found it but uh, but I, I lost it right before uh, Comic-Con and so I, I got a new 3DS before that and it was just so depressing so, oh you got 50 street passes you got yeah. 100 in. <laughs> but I will say that, uh, that I kept that that data for the rest of the 3DS's life really and I eventually because I worked the convention circuit basically I eventually amassed around 21,000 tags total <laughs> which hey you know what yep. I'll, you know it means nothing in the grand scheme of things but it was a lot of fun yeah you could lose it or your wonderful dog Sophie who you love more than life itself could <laughs> chew one of the shoulder buttons off of the console right nice. when you get her mm-hmm yeah. yeah, that makes me feel a little bit like yeah. about lo- uh, t- you talking about losing your data and stuff makes me feel a little bit sad because towards the end, I started to kind of like re- not relapse, but kind of lost interest in doing like the daily grind, like trying to get the puzzle piece. Even going to conventions, I wouldn't bring my 3DS anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now if you think about today, uh, they're the puzzles that I haven't finished. Me thinking about them, if I want to go out there and finish them, no one really carries a 3 It's yeah. like gone. Yeah. And there's no replacement for it right now i mean no. how cool how cool would it be if they did add it to switch and both 3ds and switches could talk to each other that way so that would be cool. even if you had a 3ds only you could still participate in it but all switch users could still participate in like street pass as well I do wonder why they haven't kind of developed something of a replacement for Switch, just because, you know, Nintendo has been really bending over backwards to market the Switch as a handheld device, not just a system you play on your TV, but mainly a handheld device. I mean, even with Pokemon Sword and Shield, there was just a statement saying, we're really doubling down on making this feel like a great handheld experience. So... In that sense, if they expect people to be using this as a handheld taken outside with them, why not have a street pass functionality type thing? Because right. it just it, it, it would encourage people to take their Switch out more often, which is what they were trying to do with the 3DS, and I would say largely succeeded. Yeah. So I just yeah. wish, you know, I, I guess maybe there's just no, there's no point in it for them at this point, which, you know, I, I understand, but I miss it oh, so yeah. much. Yeah. I, I miss, like, like, coordinating the games. Where you would just be like, be like, hey Kyle, can you wear a green shirt tomorrow? Can you yeah. just please before you <laughs> yes. go. Can I, I need that green shirt? Find me. Yes. Yeah. I remember Matt Blair was like, because the Haunted House game was like my favorite. Oh, so good. Episode. I'm a big spooky ghost goth uh-huh. fan, oh, so and good. I was like so invested in that. And I remember like thinking I beat it, and they're like, no, there's nope. forty other floors. Yeah. And I remember Matt Blair was gaming that system so hard because he would. Uh, when, the moment you could move past a floor, he would do it, and he moved. So he would, had like ten or t- 15, 20 floors that were all n- not finished, uh-huh. and then he would pick a color for every floor. So if he had a certain color, he'd go back to that floor and be like, "This is my red floor." So nice. every single time he dropped a red down, it would just you know you know combo with all of the other red nice. spaces oh, he that's already great. bought there. And I'm like, "Oh, that's so smart." I really like the uh, the latest the, the final round of games they added. It was the or maybe the second to final, but there was one the Me Force one the sh- the, sh- the top down yeah. shooter. Yeah, that one was really cool. And then even the the 
right up to the end with uh, cool stuff like the they added the uh, the fi- feed me the the, the uh, whatever the, the recipe game and fishing. They, I mean, they the slot card game was cool. Like they really covered a lot of different genres. They were so di- they were yeah. they were really different yeah. style wise. Also, I yeah, remember the, like the plant the plant one. I, yeah. one. I got into that. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. But, like visually, like the characters that were in it, and the world that you were exploring, like it was all so very different from the other ones. Yeah. Um, and it was just so easy to make. You know, like I'm. I also miss Mies. You know, it's like we they're, yeah. they're implemented into Street Fighter, into a, a Smash Brothers, but like they're not not really that showcased that much on the Switch. Right. And it was so easy to like you know make somebody like have a fun expression or like have a family member or friend or something like doing something silly in those yeah. games. Yeah, it is and, uh, odd never because the Switch inherently has me functionality. You can make mm-hmm. Mies and stuff like right. that. They just I don't think they really do anything with it outside mm-hmm. of you know. As you mentioned, Smash making your Mii Fighter and then incorporating it into that, but yeah. there might be a game or two I'm forgetting right now that they, they do tap into that, but it's nowhere you, you, as utilized as it was on 3DS or even like Wii U. It's right. Just, right. Or Wii, strange. sorry, Wii before where it yeah. started. It's yeah. just, oh, well, those just kind of like went away. Right. It's a little right. strange. But that, that kind of leads me into the next patron question because we're talking about like Street Pass a lot here. Uh, Steven S has a question um, regarding like features. From 3DS, we'd like to see live on, essentially. Um, Hey, allies. Hey, Ash. Nintendo has started bringing 3DS properties to Switch with new titles that come to mind, being uh, the new Pokemon and and Phoenix Wright. With this in mind, other than games, do you see Nintendo integrating other features from the 3DS to the Switch, like Street Pass, Mii Plaza, or anything else to push the mobile aspect of the Switch better? Or something like themes... That's one I was thinking of. Is there any aspect of the 3DS you want to see brought to the Switch love and respect? And that was mine. Themes. For whatever reason, on on my new 3DS XL, I bought like every Zelda theme under the (laughs) sun. Same here, yeah. And just had it on set to rotate. So every time I turn it on, a new one. Love that. That's awesome. And that's an easy thing that could be on Switch. And I don't understand why they haven't done that yet after like two years. Completely agree. I, I bought a bunch of themes too. I had the two Mega Man themes. I had some Zelda themes. And... I, I mean, I'm going to keep predicting it every E3, and one of these years I'll be right, because I, I've been predicting since the Switch's first year that why would they have basic black, basic white? I mean, why even basic? Like, just put white, black. If, if that's all you ever intend to have, it's really strange that they're naming it that. So I've been thinking forever, oh, of course they're going to make themes for the Switch. It's easy money. Why wouldn't they? And then, of course, this being Nintendo, they <laughs> mysteriously haven't done it yet. Yeah. So... Why not, though? Because I agree. Themes should have been on there f- from the first year. It's so, yeah. Yeah. It's so strange to me. And, uh, I, yeah, but, of course, we already talked about Street Pass in, in terms of doubling down on that mobile aspect of Switch. Mm-hmm. And I think that needs to happen. But I, I don't know if I expect a Mii Maker for Switch only because, like, or, or even a Street Pass Plaza just because if it hasn't happened yet... It feels like that's something that would have happened it's earlier too, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, why would that happen in the Switch's third year, you know? Like, it just doesn't feel... Yeah, that that seems yeah. something that they would have touted at the very beginning. Like, hey, right. bring your Mies over. This new, here's the new Street Pass, like Plaza, right. or Mii Plaza, sorry. They would have introduced, I think, all those right at launch, or very close to launch. Yeah. Maybe with online, because, you know, like you were saying, Ash, like, it sucked when you lost it, so it'd be nice if, you know, they, you know, adding the online, it's like, now we're also adding Street Pass, or this functionality to it, so that it can, even if you do get a new Switch or buy a new model, like, it's a tied to your account, all of those information, it uploads every time you right. connect to the internet. Yeah, but, the, uh, yeah, that, also they had, like, other apps that just were very conducive to it being a mobile device, the 3DS, that kind of weirded out. A little weird that they're not on Switch in any form. Uh, one of them was the the, the Pokédex 
At oh, Wonder that ES. was cool, yeah. And they had a, like a premium version of, well, I'm surprised, mm. you know, with how successful Pokemon Go has been that they don't put any kind of this kind of basic Pokemon Pokedex app to like share and trade Pokemon that in that fashion. Doesn't they don't have to be tied to any of the the games or anything like that. Just a way to like collect them or even put a version of Pokemon Go on your Switch. I know it doesn't have all the things, but you know there there's somewhere I, I'm just surprised they haven't done anything similar like that. Yeah. They don't need obviously they don't have the camera to take advantage of some of that stuff, but there's still a way, I have to imagine, that they could have integrated like st- this concept of Street Pass. They don't even, even have to call it Street Pass anymore. Right. right. Just to have apps on there where you share things by like meeting or tagging other people's switches. And just seems like that just went away. And yeah, and it, it was just, back. Yeah. It, it was something so unique to the 3DS that, that no no other console or handheld had ever tried. Yeah. And I think it was largely, largely successful. I mean, you know, of course, I don't have the internal data that Nintendo has. Maybe they ultimately concluded that it just wasn't enough of a draw for most people and that that, that would be fair but it's, it, it's been something that's never been replicated anywhere else and i miss it and i wish it was here on the switch as well uh speaking to your point about the pokedex uh 3d pro whatever the the pokedex for 3ds i could see them maybe doing that around the launch of sword and shield like we don't have a traditional pokemon game yet on switch so i could see them maybe doubling down on some Pokemon apps to start hyping up Sword and Shield. I guarantee, well, I can't guarantee, but I almost guarantee <laughs> yeah, you almost. we'll see a, a version of Pokemon Bank for Switch. That's what's going to bring up next, yeah. is that uh, if it wasn't going to be Pokedex, because I think something that might have come out around, like, Let's Go, potentially, would have been, right. like, because it's Gen 1 Pokemon, there you go, start there. But yes, like, an, an app to integrate the Pokemon Bank, just to access it from your Switch, right? Like the, makes the most sense That the seems world. so obvious. And yeah. they probably are waiting for Sword and Shield if right. they're going to do something like that. Now there may be, and this isn't, I don't, this isn't the solution most people would want, but maybe they're thinking of, of you know, integrating some sort of Pokedex functionality into the Nintendo Switch Online mobile app <laughs> for when Sword and Shield comes out, which is what nobody wants. But nope. I could see them doing that. You know, hey, you want that Pokedex? Go download this awesome app that we have that everybody loves using. So I could see that. Nah, <laughs> nah, don't want that. Yeah. Um, I got a question about like software, 3ds software. Yeah, yeah. This is, that was going to be the next thing. This comes nice. from this comes from Juan, uh, Ola, Damiani, and panel. With what seems like the sunsetting of the 3ds and the popularity of the Switch constantly on the rise, do you think Nintendo would ever decide to repackage 3ds games onto the Switch? I'm not saying all of them would work. Uh, uh, not saying all of them because that would require so much work, but more in the light of the what of what they did with big selling Wii U to Switch games like Bayonetta 2, Tropical Freeze, etc. Love and respect. So any of those 3DS games, do you want to see them come to Switch? Now, yes. there's an Ace Attorney collection that just came out, right? Yes. How are they handling the dual screens? With, uh, well, uh, oh, there's only one, two, and three. So okay, and those were just GBA or? They, oh, they were, yes. sorry, they were DS as well, but... They've, they've been released on, like, a multitude of yeah. platforms, so they yeah. already solved, like... Okay, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. got they it, got it. Same thing they with, like, uh, The World Ends With You was also originally a dual-screen game, but then they made a portable version, and they reworked everything to, to work on a, a single screen, essentially, and the Switch kind of got, like, a version of that as well. Um, so, yeah, there might be some games that would take heavily heavy reworking if they uh, use the, uh, like, a... I mean, some would outright probably be impossible. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of one, but... Uh, We'll just keep going though, but mm-hmm. yeah, any like 3ds. There's a lot of even more traditional games I'd love to see come from the 3ds to the Switch. Because that's the yes. thing about Street Pass, man. I did Street Pass, I think, more than anything. 
More I might than, have too. More actually. than any game I ever played. Yeah. More than any software I got, you know, addicted to. Uh, and there's just a lot of really great games that I enjoyed on that system. Um, but it's, so it's interesting to me now that I'm playing the Switch more than I played the 3DS. Where like there's some games for the system that like I'm just I have to play the entire thing. You know, right. putting like 50, 60, 70 hours into Breath of the Wild, and. So it's like, okay, now I'm ready. Now I have this thing that I can plug into my TV. Now I have this console I'm taking with me on any vacation as a rule or any business trip or anything. If I'm at any airport, the Switch is in my hand. Just seems like a great opportunity to get caught up on a lot of this 3DS stuff that I missed because it was either just in a franchise I wasn't familiar with or I was just, um, you know, busy playing games on other platforms. Or if I did have a 3DS in my hand, I was catching up on all my Street Pass games, you know. Unfortunately, I feel like there's less uh, reason or, or inspiration for Nintendo to repackage 3DS games just because selling 3DS games was never a problem for them. Selling Wii U games was. And so it's to me, it's, it's more likely that they'll continue to repackage Wii U games because they were also undersold. That said... Nintendo, if you're watching, listening, name your price for Kid Icarus Uprising for the Switch, <laughs> and I will buy it. I don't with, care. With regular controls? With whatever they will need to do it. However they need okay. to, whatever magic they oh, need yeah, to that work. that stylus is coming with Super Mario Maker 2, right. so... And that is absolutely one of my favorite games of all time, and, and when I think of the 3DS and its legacy, I think of Kid Icarus Uprising as one of the biggest things for me. I just adore that game, and if anything from the 3DS gets to see the, the light again... I would want it to be Kid Icarus Uprising. A ver- that's a very good pick. Um, Jones, you reminded me of something, because we were talking about uh, like features on the 3DS. The, the, yeah, the Switch does have a way to show how many hours you've played in the game in your profile, but the 3DS app that shows yes. you like your rankings, just the, the presentation right. difference between the Switch yeah. and the 3DS, just, just miss some of that. Yeah. Sorry to go back to that. That's one yeah. I just thought of, was just showing your play history, like showed like most open, most played, like so longest good. sessions. Like I love those details. Yeah. It was so fun to have that. Yeah. Um, for me, the, the obvious ones are I just really want, and I think they'd be really easy to bring to the Switch, uh, just bring Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask 3D to the Switch. Um, I'd love to see those games uh, played on a, the Switch screen or on a, on a, on a big TV screen. Um, I d- don't want to speak for them, but like if they could find a way to just like up-res it to like even to 720. It doesn't have to be full HD, sure. like 1080. Just 720 so I can play it on a controller, on a TV screen, but also still play it on the handheld on, uh, when I go on the go. I would love that so much because that was the... A personal gripe was just the 3DS's nub for 3D movements. So like, oh, like, yeah. yeah mm-hmm, like, that mm-hmm. hated that little, like, analog nub thing. And then when they made the new 3DS, uh, the, the even smaller one, like, I just never really liked sure. how 3D controls worked on the 3DS. So it was always my biggest gripe. Right. And this would be a chance for it. And I think those two would, like, if they either packaged them together, even if they sold them separately, I think those would sell very well on Switch. And oh, they lend yeah. themselves very nicely to yeah. being on the Switch as well. I would love to have an up version of Ocarina and Majora 3D to play on my TV. Like, that would be... But, you know, the problem there is we would be happy with that, but you know the prevailing opinion out there, Nintendo's lazy. They did. It's not full 1080p. They didn't remake the whole game. Right. And, you know, we would be happy with it. But so many people would take them to task, and it's like maybe they're not... It's not worth it for them. I feel like they get taken to task depending on what price they pick. A lot of these True. ports, the the, 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 the the kind of the barometer for, like, how people are going to react to it is how much they're going to pay for it and sure. like, with tropical freeze that was like one of the biggest criticisms that oh yeah this is a great game and you are touching up a little bit but you're making me pay this much for it when it costs 
less on right. the Wii U? That doesn't seem right. But like, if I, it's Nintendo. They could potentially charge full price for an Ocarina of Time 3D uh, port on Switch, or they might, you know, do it as a discount. Maybe it is, you know, something like thirty bucks or yeah. even twenty bucks or something like that. I, I feel like if Nintendo's smart, they can present it in a way with a price point that might alleviate some of that, but I'm, sure. you're definitely right, Ash. There will yeah. always be, right. no matter what, people said, sure. yeah. that's lazy, <clears throat> or why don't you just go for a full HD remake? You know, Why don't you like touch up the graphics like Wind Waker or Twilight Princess HD? Or right. That will never go away. Right. I, yeah, definitely agree with that. Uh, not to bring up Street Pass again. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, we love Street Pass. Two, thing, yeah. two things that I loved about Street Pass. One, seeing what people were playing. Because like a lot of times oh, I'd yes. be at, it'd be at Disneyland yes. and people yeah. on vacation, yes. so yeah. you know the, the the name would be in Japanese. Oh, the, yes. the saying that they had was all in Japanese, you know. And then they yeah. were playing some game like what is that? Oh and yeah. So like a lot of times as a journalist, it was nice to like be like cool. I've never even seen that, or I don't even know what that is, or like interesting when it was like a deep cut much later in the life of the 3ds seeing someone that was playing some old school classic yeah, 3ds totally. game like right at the launch or something that like maybe that's in their system all the time or maybe because that's always like the first thing that i do i'm like this creepy guy like sneaking up on kids playing handheld systems because like i just want to know what you're playing you know I, like are you enjoying it and yeah uh so I, I was in line for haunted mansion some kid was playing you know uh switch and i kind of like peeked over and his mom like leaned into me she's like he's playing this he can't stop playing it and so like we started talking about <laughs> that's what awesome. he's playing and i just love those conversations me too. And I loved, I just had a couple moments where this happened at Disneyland, but it just always gets such a kick out of it because it's like me in my 30s and then some like eight-year-old and we're like in line and the line's about to zigzag. Or we're just about to cross each other. And like, I got the 3DS and he's got the 3DS. We just look up like, yeah. You know, like to each other, yep. like right on. I'll see you later, buddy. You yeah. Know, like, no, you're, I, you're going on my list and I'm going to see what you're playing and what you've been playing and what hat you picked and what, you know. So it was, it was neat seeing people in the real world and knowing, like, I know they're in there. I know I cleared my, you know, my um, my queue or whatever. And yeah. I know I'm, I'm probably going to pass that person over there. And no, that, that international element on. was so fun because I would yeah. take it with me to Japan every time I went. I, I lived in London for like three months and. My, my wife and I, my girlfriend at the time, we went to a, like a London street pass gathering while we were there. Oh, cool. For that. And it was, it was great. And I will say that uh, in terms of my actual like work for Game Explain, all that street pass obsession did serve me well in an entertaining way because when, uh, when we were doing all of our spirit identification videos before Smash Ultimate came out, like, oh, who are oh, all these yeah. spirits? <sighs> I was the only one on the team who knew these really weird ones like Nico Fire, you know, the, the host of the, the slot car racer one. Like, and I knew all the street pass characters and, and nobody else like who are these? Who are these guys? I'm like I know these, yeah. and of course Andrea's like you and your street pass obsession. Uh, and yeah, and those, and that's I think it's the other like nice uh, the gift with those games is that like how easy would it have been to do like oh you know Toads this Peaches this to have all those games you're playing with street pass be like oh just grab a character do an, do an Animal Crossing thing do a, a a Pikmin thing they were all so unique and weird and had new characters and new monsters and like in the Haunted Mansion thing which I played you know religiously like some of those monsters are really crazy freaky looking and they, they were just exclude they were not in Luigi's Mansion like right. these are just exclusive to this weird game a lot of people didn't play yeah I loved the being able to see what people were playing um, because every now and then it would remind me of something like oh that exists yeah. I should go check it out like it was a good way it's a good form of advertising you know just more organic advertising you know that wasn't shoved down your throat from Nintendo 
And I don't remember if they ever did this at any point, but I don't think you could ever like say, "Do you want to see if this game's on the eShop or anything like that?" I don't. I don't think it ever had that functionality. They did later on, actually. Okay, they did. They did okay. add that. I, like I was like, yeah. Switch doesn't do that, but uh, I remember it happening. No, they totally did because yeah. I think it was more than one. Yeah. I think if, uh-huh. you, I think if you pass that second person, they'd yeah. be like, hey, "Okay, yeah, yeah. Huh. We notice you. Yeah, lots of people are playing Thank this you game. For you might yeah. want to check it out. It's totally never, remember Switch that. doesn't yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it had to have been 3DS. But yeah, like that—that that was another good thing. Yeah. I think I had fallen off on 3DS by that point to really like engage in that. But that's something Switch could definitely use. So like, yeah, you know, people already like a lot, especially with the indie developers praising how much they love being on Nintendo yeah. uh, their their shop um, and getting like you know good focus and spotlights on there. Just seeing so many people like when a new indie game comes out and everyone's rushing to play it, and seeing everyone like if you had a street pass, I mean tags like so and so is playing uh you know the new Hollow Knight, you know yeah. it's like oh yeah that came out yeah we'll go check it out. Just this stuff that was like so so perfectly suited to a mobile handheld experience that just seems kind of just like a big misstep for Nintendo to not have it on the Switch. I mean, yeah. It is a hybrid system, but. You, you you should have it. It is still partly mobile. You still take it on the go. It should yeah. still be there. It's I, weird. I would, I I would love some like GDC panel about Street Pass. Just something where they could talk about. Because I wonder if there was just some kind of hang up. There was just something that was really annoying about it, or didn't perform mm-hmm. as much as they wanted to, or was way more hassle than it was worth. Yeah. I wonder. It seems. If, yeah. I just felt like I belonged to this weird yeah. like culture. You know, it was just fun to like pick these little weirdo nerds surrounding me that like are in love with the same stuff that I am. And because of the game thing, like uh, seeing what they were playing or, or seeing their style or having them be from another country, like learning about things that I don't, you know, it's like when Smash Brothers launched, like that was what everyone was playing, you know, like right. and I'm not a big Smash fan. So that was not what I was playing. And so it was neat to need to see like, wow, that's the eighth person I passed today that's playing, right. you know, that Fire Emblem game that just came out, which I probably won't check out. I wonder if it had something to do with maybe maybe their data, you know, came up that you know, we live in a nice bubble in L.A. in a metropolitan area where yeah. we get. All the tags, you right. know, and, oh, and I heard, heard that from people too. So many like, people who live, you know, in rural areas got yeah. no tags, and of course, yeah. it probably cost Nintendo a lot of money to do the whole McDonald's Street Pass relay thing, sure. you know. Right. So I wonder if maybe they're yeah. just like there are too many people in rural areas who we couldn't really serve with this, and it's just not worth the trouble. Yeah, I'm just curious. I mean, I don't want to get into the whole like speculation thing about new Switch models or anything just yet, but sure. I mean, there could potentially be a solution for all that, but. Yeah, I would love. Yeah, like as Brandon was saying, it would be nice someday to have just like uh, someone ask that question. Even at a, like, it won't happen at an investor event, but maybe like in an E three, yeah. you having to have a chance to sit down with some any one of the team members who were involved with like the three DS. Be like, hey, I know you're working on this new project, but it's like kind of like a bonus fun question. You know, they will talk about like why Street Pass didn't come back for the Switch. You know, I'm pretty sure, unless I'm misremembering, I thought they said something about. The, address the obvious back in the day about why it's not on Wii U. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, the gamepad can't leave the room, so obviously sure. there's no more right. Street Pass on the system. You know, right. Miiverse and all that stuff is gonna be, you know, it's gonna be there. It's gonna be carry on. Actually, Miiverse came to Wii U first, then came the 3DS after, right? Or did it come out simultaneously? I think no, Miiverse 3DS came out later. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Miiverse was there from the start, but like they, they said, like some the, some of the Wii functionality, like yeah, you know, sorry the. Some of the 3DS functionality would not be there, uh, right? Because of obvious reasons. Um, I want to move on to our last question, really quick, about uh, the 3DS. Kyle comes from Kyle. With the 3DS officially ending, um, now remember, Nintendo has not officially said <laughs> stopping right, right, right. production. Right, we don't anything. know that. It's just they're the not on the wall. announcing yeah. anything here. And I would expect maybe next year we'll finally get the statement that we're winding down 3DS production. Do you think this marks the end of dedicated handheld gaming platforms? Similarly, 
Do you think Nintendo will be hybrid now forever, or will they ever split back up into dedicated home consoles and handheld consoles at some point? Uh, I think from a numbers standpoint, having more consoles out there makes you more money, but I don't know if that's actually true. What are your thoughts on the matter? Well, it seems to me that that uh, Nintendo's you know one of the whole their, one of their foci with the Switch was to kind of consolidate their development and not have their teams kind of split between yep. console and handheld. And to be to be honest, it's worked out really well for them. The fact that they were able to get this you know this new hardware out and get a a new Zelda, a new Mario, a new Splatoon out you know and among other things out in the very first year, we've seen immediately. How you know them switching from the Wii U plus 3DS development model to just focusing on Switch? That's improved their pipeline so much. So I don't know if it's really if it's really advantageous to Nintendo to go back to a console handheld split. I kind of feel like they've they've struck lightning with this, kind of like they did with the Wii, not on the same level, but it is kind of like they they lightning struck with the Switch in terms of the concept of having that console handheld hybrid. And I can't see why Nintendo would ever go back from that. In the future, yeah, I, I think that's a good point, Ash. Um, I, you talked about like the merging of their like software development right. teams into be focused like just on like developing for everything. Yeah, and I, I think we you point out brilliantly that it has been their strength since the Switch's launch that you're getting games that are they're not being you don't have to worry about developing for a mobile device or consoles. Worrying about like with that crafting that type of unique experience that fits better to one or the other, worrying about limitations on the handheld. That's all like gone now. It's just one system, right. one platform, just make the game you want to make for it. And we're seeing some of the best installments in long running series come out of this. Um, it's debatable. You know, some people, I think all of them are like winners, but a lot of them have shown at least some kind of improvement over more recent entries um, that show that this is definitely like was the right decision in my opinion. Right. Yeah. I don't know about you, Brandon. Do you? Do oh, there's you, also yeah. mobile. There's no reason. Yeah, there's no reason to do a handle anything because they're on mobile yeah. now. And so yeah. that, that so they yeah, they, they are split in a way. Like we do have this weird Mario game that's not on anything. We have this Fire Emblem game that's not on anything. We have this Animal Crossing game that I, as an Animal Crossing fan, enjoyed for like a month and then, you know <laughs> moved on. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's like the new split. And it, it was interesting seeing from a technology perspective because like while we were when I was playing Game Boy and then Game Boy Advance and getting older and getting more like into the games industry and kind of analyzing all these different consoles that I never had a chance to play growing up and it was interesting how the the handheld was always like two gens behind so like the Game Boy Advance was the Super Nintendo where they were already you know at the GameCube or moving on to the Wii and so it's interesting to see the once you get into the Wii territory, and now this is you know 720 versus 1080. Now, now this console it is taking a, a big step back in terms of like where Sony and Microsoft are really pushing, and they're already chasing you know, you know, PC graphics cards. And so, it's like Nintendo kind of slowed down and handheld kind of caught up, and then boom, yeah. now they're both at the same level. Um, and I think we've kind of accepted the fact that, yeah, things forever are probably not going to run as well as other consoles on a Nintendo console. Like, you're not going to get the best for Mortal Kombat 11. It's a great example. It's like right. you should kind of know at this point as a Nintendo consumer what you're getting in for if you purchase a multi-platform game on the Switch. But I just don't see a lot of scandal there. I just don't see like, no. people may be frustrated. And I, I saw some people complaining about Mortal Kombat 11's advertising was a little like you'd see that Switch logo at the end. It's like, yeah, but it's not going to look like the game sure. that you just saw. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't see them ever going back, I think. Uh, and I'm kind of into that. I'm, I'm interested to see other iterations. I wonder even if they we're going to see a big 
kind of revolution in terms of technology from Nintendo in terms of like their consoles where we're just going to kind of get because you, you get like it, think of like the iPhone it's like yeah. there have been fantastic you know iterations to the iPhone lots of really cool tech that's happened but it's still a, you know still a rectangle <laughs> it's still like a screen you know like yeah. stuff shifts, shifts around whereas like you know the 64 didn't look like the GameCube didn't look like the Wii like these are all the like, different colors different shapes different HUDs different menus and I wonder if we're kind of moving more into a mobile market with Nintendo where we're getting little tiny improvements that are exciting yeah. but nothing as wow look at that the big reveal of the new system I kind of think we might be heading toward that kind of future and it's funny we have seen in isolated uh, circumstances we have seen Nintendo attempt to bridge that Switch mobile divide with games like Pokemon Quest which came out on I think it was Quest it came out on both that blocky yeah yeah, yeah. That was no, and that came out on both mobile and Switch. Yep. So it does seem like they're willing to try to, you know, bridge that gap in specific circumstances where they might feel it's worth it. But uh, I, I do agree with you, and and I, I think we're kind of moving away from the days of big hardware reveals for Nintendo. And the thing is, they don't need to chase PC graphics. Like, you know, Sony yeah. and Microsoft are already doing that. They're doing it arguably better than, than than Nintendo ever would be able to. And the thing is, with the Wii U, there was no good trade-off. It was just things looked worse than the Wii U, and that was it. With the Switch, there's that portability trade-off. Yeah, it looks worse, but you can take a game like Mortal Kombat 11 yeah. and play it on the go. Or, Same or thing, Diablo. Or Diablo. It's like, man, like, it's, it does not look super great on the Switch, but right. God, it is fun and, <laughs> to and just run around. Then now we're getting to this point where the Switch is getting all these fantastic titles from previous generations, which, of course, it has no problem running. So then you have the the extra value of getting to play games like Final Fantasy X or Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, whatever, on the go on this beautiful 720p screen. Like, with the Wii U, that extra added value proposition wasn't there. With the Switch, you you know, you are going to get those people like, oh, it looks worse on Switch. Well, of course it does. You're playing it on a handheld yeah. system. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. But I think Nintendo has really introduced a serious value proposition where I know for myself, unless it's like a game like maybe like Mortal Kombat 11 or something really graphically intensive, I'm pretty much opting for the Switch version of everything these days because why wouldn't I? I can play it on the go. And, yeah. you know, maybe games like Bloodstained, yeah, that runs way worse on Switch. I'll probably get it on PS4. But, like, other than that, I kind of go for Switch versions yeah. of everything these days. Yeah, like, why wouldn't Starlink I? Starlink was an interesting example because you uh-huh. played that on Switch and I played that on PS4. And I remember when I, like, I got the footage, you know, to cut that review and was like, ooh, <laughs> like, <this, laughs> there definitely is a drop in visuals, draw distance and the texture oh, yeah. quality and stuff. But if I was, you know... Uh, 30 years younger, there's no question what console I would buy that for. You know, like right. that would be that would be my portable space game. Yeah, I, f- I feel like the games where the visual fidelity matters a lot in terms of like your experience, like it's it, it's like sure. almost integral to the experience, are becoming fewer and further between. Essentially, mm. mm-hmm. that uh, you, like you mentioned Starlink. I mean, I obviously wasn't playing the PS4 version, so I wasn't completely aware of what I was missing. But yeah. I'd argue, even if, like after looking at the footage afterwards, like. That wasn't really that. I mean, yeah, it was a difference, but oh I yeah, I didn't need that. Like that wasn't going to change right. my experience in any like significant yep. way. Whereas obviously, like the, I mean, this game's never going to come to Switch. But like if like a Naughty Dog like Uncharted like Five or you know Last of Us Two were to right. come out on Switch version, you'd be like, eh, I don't know about. But there, even yeah. then, there's still people like, actually, I like that trade off. Yeah. So right. you're seeing more people willing to make that compromise. Yeah. But I think the the important point to just add on to everything you just argued, Ash, is that a lot of third party developers are also starting to buy into that as well and believing that consumers will, will, will support that as well because we are starting to see Nintendo start to bridge that gap between uh, that problem of third-party games not coming out on their platforms. 
you're starting to see that goal. It's eroded a little bit this generation. I think they've kind of like eroded that stigma a little bit where, oh, it's going to have great first party games, maybe mm-hmm. some indie games, but you aren't getting any of those good third party games. And this time I, around, it's been actually, yeah. they are getting some of them, not all of them. But they're getting some, and they're starting yeah. to make other people believe in this. And uh, yeah. one of the uh, uh, we're not going to talk about it in depth, but I uh, saw something yesterday about um, people speculating that there's going to be a Monster Hunter uh, event because it's like the 15th uh, anniversary of Monster Hunter or something, and they're expecting like some kind of announcement. And I guess the rumor is that like something about Monster Hunter World might be coming to Switch, and you know better late than never. But still, that's a huge deal. Or something about the next Monster Hunter that's going to be multi-platform will definitely be on Switch. I think it's one or the other. Right. Um, but like, yeah, you, like if I if you were to tell someone next the next big Monster Hunter is coming out on platforms, including Switch, that wouldn't sound crazy. You'd be like, that that sounds absolutely smart. That sounds yeah. intelligent. Yeah. Yeah, and and we've seen some really truly impressive third-party ports recently. Uh, the one that comes to mind for me is Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Yes. Which, if you didn't see it next to the PS4 version, you'd be forgiven for thinking it's not running on the Switch. They did an amazing job with it. Now, of course, you see it side by side. Clearly, you see the downgrade, but be that as it may, it looks amazing. And I know before the Switch came out, a lot of us, including myself, were a little concerned about the power point, you know, in terms of like, oh, Tager won. Why not go for a little more power? But in practice, I think Nintendo landed on about as perfect uh, a, a crossroads between power, portability, and price as they possibly could have. Yeah, you see a lot of developers that are basically trying to like tinker with their, their engines to see what they could get out of the Switch. And it's been a little bit of a learning process. Um, and not all of them have been perfect. Like, uh, uh, who did the Wolfenstein? Not it because it wasn't Aid who did it. The the company Great that did uh, Machine Games. Oh, I forget right now. I'm so sorry. Uh, I can't I'll, remember. I'll yeah. But like they 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 worked wonders getting those high end PC games to even run yeah. decently on Switch. But you gotta start somewhere, and you yeah. can only imagine going forward like those ports are gonna get better and better. There's a lot of work been done on getting like Unreal Four working on Switch better, and even like optimizing Unity more. Um, who knows what this like rumor of like a more powerful Switch model, even if it's just like a modest bump, like maybe some third party publisher said, if you can just get us to this point, it doesn't yeah. have to be significant, but if you get it this to this new baseline, we could start bringing a lot more over a lot faster. If you could just meet us a little bit there, it's it. This sounds like everything's going in the right direction for Nintendo when it comes yep. to, yeah. to to third parties, and this yeah. is shocking to see, and also like. Glad to see that. You know, it's been a long time since you've been able to say, hey, third party support on Nintendo is actually good. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll, I'll never forget when Capcom, like, they were not willing to support the Switch because they got burned so hard on the Wii U. And then it just did so well out of the gate. And they had to really do that hardcore course correction very quickly. And be, people were so pissed that Mega Man Legacy Collection 2, Mega Man of all franchises, <laughs> were only was only originally for PS4 and Xbox One. And we were like, what are you thinking? This <laughs> yeah. is Mega Man. And then, of course, they course corrected and released everything oh, yeah. in a very yeah. short order on Switch. Oh, yeah. And, like, I would say almost half of the games that I play in 2019 aren't necessarily, like, trying to make the most bleeding-edge crazy graphics. So you look at something like, Cup, I mean, beautiful games, but Cuphead and Hollow Knight, yeah. I don't think yeah. you lose anything on the Switch. You know, it's Not at it's, all. Oh, yeah, and Cuphead so it's, really it's well. neat to have something like Hollow Knight, which is like very much like a Game of the Year contender that is, is you know, uh, um, I just think like living in this area visually and performance-wise where it can totally be on the Switch and like you, you don't lose anything. If not, that, that was the game I played on. I, went, was, I was camping. I was in my tent in the middle of the forest, 
you know, and boop, booted up Hollow Knight for the first time. Yeah. Right. Really great. And you've seen, like, cool new visual styles pop up, pop up on the Switch, like Octopath Traveler. Like, the, we've never oh, seen yeah. something that looks quite like that before, yeah. and I'm still crossing my fingers for, like, an FF6 or Chrono Trigger remake in that style. <laughs> I'm with you. But, but, Let's cross our fingers together. Right, exactly. So, I, you know, we've seen new visual styles pop up in the Switch, too, and it just seems to be so versatile in terms of, yeah, if you want that Mario Odyssey-type experience, you can have, frankly, an incredible-looking 3D platformer, whole world in your hands, portably, or you can go for the indie experience and have stylized graphics that the Switch can handle no problem. I also feel like, in addition to those two, I think Switch might be another place for uh, developers to find that that long-lost, hard-to-reach, kind of like the, the, the instead of the AAA, like, kind of like the B mid-tier game. They kind of vanished starting in yep. like the 360 PS3 generation. Uh, I saw studios who tried to go for those types of games. And they just weren't, for whatever reason, they failed off. They failed, didn't succeed well enough, studios closed. But now Switch, I think Switch offers that, uh, an avenue for that now. Mm. You couldn't put a game on Switch that is that kind of like middle-level game again. And nope, it feels, and, and it, it's perfect for it. I, I think Switch just offers an, av- like, an avenue for all types of games to be on there. Yeah. And yeah. it's view- deemed like and viewed as acceptable by both, like by the consumers mainly. And you're seeing that support there through sales of everything like Switch versions of X game selling extremely well, better than previous versions, you know, even com- all previous combined versions mm-hmm. as well. Like it's just like look at, uh, yeah, Hollow Knight, you know, how well right. it did on there. And now it's going to be that's going to be one of the lead platforms next time around instead of coming to Switch la- later, not last. Well, and in addition to all this, there's the whole point where we're entering this brave new world now where Nintendo and Microsoft are cozying up together. And now we're looking at a future of like formerly Xbox exclusive titles, at least some of them coming to the Switch. Like the fact that we were actually playing Cuphead on Switch still blows my mind. And who knows, we might get, you know, Halo Master Chief Collection or Forza. Like, can you imagine playing Halo on a Nintendo system? (laughs) We're getting, they announced, was that Forza mobile game? Or was that just a rumor? I think it's a rumor. rumor. I think it's just a rumor. Yeah, Yeah, it was rumored. Uh, Ori is another one that's rumored to be coming to Switch as well. Right. But yeah, there's, yeah, that, yeah. Great example it's just, there. It's, and and yeah. more and more, Sony is like, they're the ones who are looking kind of, you know. Standoffish. Yeah, just a little standoffish <laughs> and kind of old man yelling at the sky, like, we're going to have our closed platform. It's like, maybe you need to kind of figure out what they're doing. Because, you know, it's kind of cool having these, you know, obviously they're still competitors, but it's nice to have them also working together on shared ventures. Because yeah. the whole thing about having Xbox games on Switch, that benefits both Nintendo and Microsoft 100%. And I'd love to see stuff like that happen in the future. I mean, I don't know if it'll happen with PlayStation, but you did bring up a good point, though, where, where most of the games that I would want to play, like, perfect, you know, graphically intensive, like Horizon Zero Dawn, they're games that are probably never going to be on the Switch anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, that's a great... But, yeah, I remember yeah. being at the Game Awards, and, like, every time, like, a trailer for a new game announcement would begin, and it was some just kind of, like, artsy, interesting, colorful, fun character, weird story. Yeah. Like, an, immediately, I was like, Switch? You know, it's like it's like this seems perfect, and it was just like, no, it's just coming to PC now. Maybe switch later. And actually, and I know it's like you can't just snap your fingers and make something on Switch. Like I know that is, right. is a frustrating thing that developers have heard, where they're like, we'd love to do that, but man, let us just launch our game and then we'll deal with that later. The, the but, Game Awards is actually a great uh, great example because I just we all got back from PAX East, and my favorite game of the show was Sayonara Wild Hearts. Nice, and yeah. that is a, the, exactly the kind of artsy game I wouldn't want to play on anything but Switch. Yeah. Like wh- it's it's perfect fit for it, and more and more, like you've been saying, the Switch has become like literally an indie dream machine. I love indie games. I love platformers, and there's lit- literally an endless supply of them yeah. on the Switch. Steam and I, World Quest is my, my my current Switch game. Right, and it's just like so nice to come back to and. Uh, such a great game to just like immediately stop playing like on a dime just whoop, done and then come back later yes. oh yeah. I know exactly where I am what I was doing and it's 
so often I find myself just suspending a game and then like so nice to come back to it. It's like there it is. Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get up and play again. Like, yeah. That's how most of my sessions go nowadays. We're, we're talking a lot about like oh, Switch doing things right here, um, you know, and it shouldn't be a surprise that Switch is also selling very well because right. of all of this. And uh, that moves us into our next topic, which is still about the Switch. Oh, we talked about 3DS and we kind of transitioned right. to Switch here. But uh, the Switch lifetime sales have just passed another big milestone. So if you've been following Switch sales for the last two years, essentially in its first year, you know, it beat Wii U sales. Okay. <laughs> then during its, you know, in the duration of its second year, it beat out GameCube sales. Like, all right, yeah, next system. And now it has finally at lifetime sales are now at 34, 34.74 million, which means it has now surpassed the lifetime sales of the Nintendo 64, which was at 32.93 million lifetime sales. So passing by all those consoles. It's like eventually yeah. it's like, okay, Wii U didn't do well. GameCube, I might love that system, didn't sell well. And 64 is like the last system that people are like, it sold okay, but not great. As it starts passing more of these other systems, yep. like there's speculation that in the next by the end of next year, it might surpass the Super Nintendo. And it's just like, well, here we go. Like you're start, <laughs> there we go. Uh, now you're yeah. starting to like, hey. I mean, obviously Wii and DS and even 3DS sold an extraordinary amount of the units, yeah. but it's just the, the speed at which Switch is doing this is very impressive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like yeah, this, that surprised you at all that Switch in like just uh, a little over two years has now eclipsed three Nintendo systems and if Virtual Boy, if you want to throw that in there as well. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like Jones before launch of Switch and then Jones after. It was oh, just right. like the moment. Yeah. Like I was, I was really curious because like mm-hmm. I, I think and I, I really think that the, the shift started to happen when we did. That unboxing. People keep asking me about unboxing. They're like, you got to do more unboxing videos. That Switch unboxing was so great. It's like the only one we've ever done. Nice. Yeah. And when we when we took that and you like pulled that out and handed it to me and the moment it put that in my hands, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, they did it. Oh, God, uh-huh. that feels good. <laughs> and that's when I tell like, yeah, this is something people are going to cherish. This is going to be something people are going to, you know, take with them and and, and really enjoy owning. And uh, so ever since then, any, any numbers, it was like, yeah, of course. I, I just hope it... Um, I hope they maintain that momentum. I hope the language around these different modes is weird. I hope there's not going to be like a divisiveness now of like people who own one versus the other. Right. There, there were definitely more 3DSs than I owned. Like the last version, I was like, all right, calm down. Yeah, they, they need, they to, need to not one, segment their market with like, you know, how the new 3DS had like four new 3DS only games. Maybe a few more than that, but not that many. And they need to not even go for that. With, yeah. you know, don't have Switch Plus only games or whatever you, they call the, I hope they don't call oh, it the new Nintendo yeah, Switch. Yeah, the new Switch is, uh, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, if that happened, you know, yeah. of course, that's all rumor. Oh, oh, but oh, oh, uh, yeah. but I, I will say, I don't, uh, I think the Switch's sales are absolutely well-deserved. I think uh, Nintendo, they went from the, the bottom of the bottom with the Wii U to what I would say is, is you know, equally on top with the Switch. They, they really figured it out. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the Switch is selling so well, and it's the first modern piece of Nintendo hardware to not feel and look like a toy. It feels like a yeah. device. Yes. Feels, oh, yeah, yeah. I noticed sleek. that right away. It feels yeah. cool, and it feels, you know, not that you have to, you know, I'm not one of those people like, oh, I'm embarrassed to be playing a handheld system in public. Who cares? <laughs> but I do like that Nintendo is going less for that toy Fisher-Price feel and more for a, yeah. not smartphone but just a sleeker form factor. Yeah, it feels kind of like, you know, a tablet almost. Yeah, like... like I mean, the, it is without the Joy-Cons. Yeah. It yeah. literally look like one. Like, the Switch is the first Nintendo system where I felt like I have to really, like, I don't want to use the touchscreen. This thing's beautiful. I don't want to get my fingerprints all over. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I want to handle it carefully, and I love that about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, not everything is, like, perfect for the Switch, though. Um, originally, they had a 20 million 
uh, sales goal for right. uh, switch units in uh, the previous fiscal year. Um, before the fiscal year even ended, they had to revise that. They were like, okay, well, yeah, we're not, despite our optimism, we're not going to quite hit that. They revised it to $17 million. Um, They came in just under it. They were very, 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 very close. Uh, but they still feel very optimistic about the next fiscal year. So much fact that they are actually going to go to $18 million projected sales for the next year. So they're going even higher than this past year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they, I mean, the software is definitely going to drive that. But, I mean... You have to believe that they have something else up their sleeve if they're going to top the, the the previous year, which was like, well, yeah. like such a great year for them. Um, and you know that might you know if they feel that optimistic, you know maybe those rumors about new switch models aren't so far fetched. No, yeah. sure, that I, seems that makes and I, like I think it's a matter of time. Like oh, yeah. N- Nintendo is so well known for for mid cycle, mid hardware cycle revisions. I think it's a matter of when, not if. Yeah, yeah. and that's uh that's going to be our that will lead us into our final subject tonight is the the latest chapter in the the long-running saga of the rumor mill of the switch model revisions um i'm not even gonna recap it anymore at this point we've gone (laughs) over it so much and i know we've been talking about this a lot um but this is what a lot of people want to hear about and we finally got something from nintendo themselves uh this time around which i feel like makes this a little bit interesting so um basically in the wake of the more most recent report um, there, there were two. The most two recent reports were the Nikkei one, which we covered before, which said that a uh, switch, uh, a lighter, cheaper switch is coming this summer. A more powerful switch is coming by the end of the year. Um, and then Bloomberg is the most put out their most recent report, which says uh, you actually get to see that smaller, cheaper switch model by the end of June, is what they claim. But they also said that that so-called more powerful switch unit is actually just a modest upgrade. It actually isn't, you're not gonna see any significant performance gain from it. Um, But that that other second model is still coming by the end of the year. So in light of uh, this, uh, during their financial briefing that just happened, uh, Nintendo um, CEO uh, Shintaro uh, Furukawa uh, basically issued a denial. Uh, Basically said that uh, the specific response was that um, they have no new hardware to announce at E3. Okay. During their to told their investors there during the briefing, okay. we have no new hardware announcements planned for E3. So here, planned means that could change between now and then, right. and they can do hardware announcements outside of E3. Yeah, two weeks before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and if they want to be really cheeky about it, they can they can still announce the Switch Mini at E3 and say we said no new, new hardware, hardware announcements. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they could do that. Well, after this denial came out, a few hours after that, Nikkei put up a new article that still said, hey, that uh, switch, the switch, lighter, cheaper Switch model still coming this summer. So, yeah, it's still coming. Mm-hmm. So they didn't, like, outright call out Nintendo, but they're just saying, yeah, you're lying. Like, <laughs> we, we know this. <laughs> right. And Jap- uh, basically, a lot of Japanese publications have been right about this, like, for a long time. Um I forget the actual publication, but there's leading into the 3DS reveal. Um, one of the Japanese publications put out uh, that Iwata said that, oh, a successor's coming. And they didn't call it 3DS, so like a new successor's coming to the DS, it's planned, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, the next day, Iwata and Nintendo issued, like, a strong dial. No, 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 that's not what we said. Yeah, that's absolutely not true. Right. And in that E3, oh, yeah, they said, yeah, we're talking about a new hardware called the 3DS. <laughs> like, yeah. They love to say no, <clears throat> and just because they just don't want to, like, they will not acknowledge rumors or just straight out deny them saying no, because that's just, this is just what they do. Mm-hmm. So. 
here's here's where I stand right now, and I'm kind of curious about your thoughts on this. So, it, so many people are saying that, like, for me, the Switch Lite thing is absolutely happening. Oh, yeah. There's so many different places. I know we've fallen, in, I've fallen into the pit before, when especially when it comes to Smash Brothers rumors, where more <laughs> than one source says that. But these are these are some of like the most prestigious sources that have a history of being actually right a good track record when it comes to hardware mm-hmm. wall street journal nikkei um bloomberg i didn't really look into so much how well they've been but like they are a very big uh, establishment sure, as well they're huge um so i think you know i think it's going to happen um i think there is a little bit of a merit to that that june release date because coming out the mm-hmm. end of june is super mario maker 2 mm-hmm. right june 28th be a great time to launch that Switch Lite alongside that, perhaps even like as a bundle, you know, to promote the game. But even if it's not going to be June, in July, you got Fire Emblem Three Houses, which Nintendo's going to want to push that game hard because Fire Emblem is a huge franchise for them now. Like that one two punch of like, a, here's a t- cheaper Switch model, get people on board that. Like, I think Fire Emblem is probably the stronger uh, game to, to, to kind of launch alongside that. Okay. Um, but I think there's going to be a hardware direct. I think there will be a Nintendo Hardware Direct before E3. I think this month in May, we are going to get a Hardware Direct that talks about this Switch Lite. I, I'm, 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 I'm convinced of this at this point. I don't know if I'm crazy. I would say, and of course now, I, I also said a few weeks ago that I was utterly convinced Persona 5 was coming to Switch 2. And we're getting uh. Persona 5 Scramble. So, you know, with, with well, respect to that. Kind of right. Yeah. So with respect to that, um, I, I'm going to say that I think that there's going to be a hardware direct. I don't think this is going to be at E3. I don't think they're going to waste E3 time oh, yeah, no. on the Switch Lite. But I, I do think that we're going to get a hardware direct in July. And, and I, and I see it. Okay. I see it maybe coming out in August because there's precedent for this. If I remember correctly, with the new 3DS or, or sorry, the 3DS XL, I think it was. Okay. There's some some revision of the 3DS. They announced it during summer in like July and so then during, released uh, it in San August. Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah. It was and then it was Comic-Con announcement. And yes. then it came out in August. Yep. So there is precedent for this, and yes. I I could see them doing kind of a almost like a shadow drop where we're like, hey, mid July, look at the Switch Mini coming out August 12th or something, you know. I just that's kind of where I see this going. I don't think we'll hear about it before E three, just because I don't know if they want to take focus away from their E three stuff. The only yeah, what you said, I could totally buy that too. Mm-hmm. I could totally see that happening. I guess to defend why I believe it's possible for a hardware direct before E three, I feel like they just want to focus on software at E three, and they don't want to waste time, especially when it's not like a brand new system. This isn't like a new console announcement. This is something that they just want to like. We want to make you aware it's happening, and they want to announce it as close to E3 because as soon as they announce it, people who are like interested in an existing Switch, I think it has to be a very short lead time between announcement to release because in that window, people will be like, "Shit, I'm gonna hold on my Switch." I'm like, Switch sales could take a hit in that time period because people are waiting to buy the cheaper model rather than buying a brand new full price right. Switch. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I, I think they don't want to jeopardize momentum. Yeah. I think they want to like nail it. But it could you just said like July to August. Like they can announce it mid July and it comes out beginning of August. That would be right. the exact same thing too. Right. Yeah. The the thing that gets me about this is I I find myself wondering more and more how they're going to position it in terms in terms of hardware design because the whole thing about Switch that they that Nintendo's been pushing since day one, playing together. And you would think that a Switch Mini might have to employ smaller Joy-Con or, or differently, you know, sized design Joy-Con to support that smaller form factor. But I can't see Nintendo wanting to segment their market such that people who have Switch Minis can't take their Joy-Con and play them with their friend who has a regular Switch. Yeah. Like, that doesn't seem like something they would do to me. Because yeah. that just that, that, that completely undercuts the idea of bringing your Switches together and playing together. 
And so I, I what? How much smaller can they go with the the Joy-Con design like they are? Is kind of what I'm wondering. Yeah, I, I mean that. I think that's one of the like most important questions I have to answer. Mm-hmm. They run a lot of risk in terms of any kind of like revision, even as small yeah. as like trying to make it smaller. Right. Um, because as you said, like we expect Joy Cons to be attached. They make it smaller. Then you have to have smaller Joy Cons. Then like, how does everyone use those? Does even, right. like what if it doesn't go with Joy Cons? Well. Do you have to buy those separately? Do those, do those still attach anymore? Are they mm-hmm. like? There's a lot of questions that you know we want to see answered with this. I could see, um, basically, I can I can see uh, m- uh, maybe uh, like an all digital cheaper version. So like no cart, but it doesn't make it any smaller though. The cartridge slots right. really no space. Right. Unless you're like trying to make it na- like you know less right. wide, and and I don't understand why you would do that. Right. I mean, ma- yeah. All I think I can think of is it's making it actually a whole thing just a little bit smaller mm-hmm. and, right. and cheaper, and I. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think it's going to be that radical. And I guess there's it, nothing stopping from them from employing the you know the same slide rail that they have on the current one with a, a smaller Joy-Con. And if you try to connect them, maybe it'll be like that god-awfully ugly NES controller for the oh, Switch. It doesn't yeah. – it's not flush. Yeah. So maybe it'll look slightly yeah. off, there but it'll still go, work. Ash. So yes. it could be that. That could be it. Yeah. Um, it could be you – no, know, honestly, Ash, it could be something as simple as it just doesn't come with a dock. Mm-hmm. It will still be able to hook up to a dock. It'll, it'll be roughly the same right. form factor. Just knock off like 50 bucks or something for yeah. the dock. And because that was one of the rumors that, oh, it's still going to interface with TV. Like, they're not killing that hybrid uh, aspect of any versions of these systems. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, I feel like maybe I'm probably a little guilty of just making it a bigger deal than it, it's probably going to be. Yeah. Which is why I think maybe it doesn't – it could be announced so soon and mm-hmm. be released so like so quickly because – they also don't see it as something like that needs like a lot of fanfare. It's just we just want to get a version out there that knocks off a little bit of the cost because we need to hit this new 18 million goal. And right. I think the sooner they get this out, the better it'll be because they can start moving them. And like now they have, yeah. you know, they're they're jump starting sales again. Right. That's why I'm gonna I'm gonna put my chips on the table because I'm horrible Ooh. at Nintendo predictions. Nice. Ooh. I'm putting my chips on the table, saying Joy Cons attached, very small model, very cheap. Okay. Like at like I think. I think they. I wouldn't be surprised if they went into a room and said, "How cheap can we make this thing? How right. cheap can we create a system that plays Breath of the Wild?" And I think they are. When I think of like myself and how I play Switch, like I very much love playing Switch on the big screen. But I think like you have, you know, that one kid who's got one or two kids who have the Switch at school, and then like a whole group of friends who don't because they're just like, you know, I just bought a PS4 Pro right when this thing got announced or whatever. Like that was like my birthday present, and I can't yeah. like convince my folks. And they're just like, we just want to dominate that market. We want literally every single kid at that school to have a Switch. And so right. they're and like, we know that kid's not going to yeah. fight for the TV. That kid's going to love, you know, you know, being by himself with the headphones, you know, except, you know, totally. move away from the family. Don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> I'll be in my room playing this. And like, that's a luxury, obviously, like to have that kind of functionality, like to have, um, yeah, it'd be weird if it was only digital, like you were saying, because those cartridges, the, the little cards are so yeah, small. Yeah, like I don't but think about that. Yeah, I just, I just think, I think price is going to be there. And I think what they're hoping is that they're going to show this thing off, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh, weird." And then they're going to be like, hundred bucks or something." Like, whoa, you know? Yeah. Like, again, I'm not, I'm That's not, I'm not Jones. looking at the market. I'm not doing the math on this. But like, I think the price is going to be the the shocking thing of like, Jones, oh no, yeah. none mm-hmm. of us have excuses. Uh huh. Uh-huh. the shove. I think that's the most important element of this. I think it has to be $100 less than the base model. I, I yeah. think that's like the price point that will actually win people over. Yeah. And as you said, Jones, they're pro- like, they probably brainstorm what, no matter how insignificant, can we shrink yeah. or outright remove feature-wise that will get it down this price without sacrificing like key elements that like you know draw people to it, which is the hybrid, being able to play it you know on the go or you know, on that TV. screen. 
and the Joy Cons. Like you, like some games absolutely have to use some of those setups, and we can't cut out any of those experiences. Mm-hmm. And I also can't see them downgrading the screen too much because you know, with with so many devices out there now that have beautiful screens, you know, and, oh, yeah. and the Switch. One of the people, one of the things people like about the Switch is that beautiful 720p screen. Now I can see them like making it smaller, but I don't see them making it worse because oh, that's one yeah. of those right, things right, they right. have to keep. Yep. They have to have that in it. In there, I think size is about like yeah. size and gutting. So like people talk about like uh, the HD rumble or whatever, like that. HD goes rumble, make it kill the speakers. Maybe just have a headphone yep. jack. They can, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, that's why I think maybe like people like me are like we're overthinking it originally, sure. and that this is gonna be. But I have a question here. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a little bit here. We've also been talking about switch model rumors for a few episodes now here. But this comes from Ghost Pichu, uh, and it's a criticism on, on friend code and my decision to take nice. uh, certain questions. But I want to get your both of your thoughts on okay. this. So here, this will be the third episode in a row with you talking about a possible Switch revision. I really do not care about this story, and I feel like the constant discussions of it, often going too long, is dragging down this podcast. I will care about a Switch revision when it is announced. So I'm kind of curious about your thoughts about constantly getting into this whenever a new rumor pops out about the switch revisions is this like step into my shoes it, oh be, be fair here like yeah like tell me like do, do, i want you to answer first go ahead jones the switch go. is so crazy man this is a crazy thing nintendo did I, I, it's just so like everything that i you know got used to you know thinking that nintendo would do over the years like having memory cards for the nintendo 64 when it technically didn't need it because they were cartridges like all these weird little decisions that they made to buy, have me buy all of this extra stuff um and I've just been constantly surprised by, you know, the, the 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 just the actual switch itself, how good Breath of the Wild was, how good Odyssey was, like 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 all of that stuff is now, you know, ramping up my Animal Crossing expectations. It's just completely dangerous levels where it's just like <laughs> all of these franchises are kicking so much ass on the Switch and so I think it, it's not just, well, there's another Nintendo, for me, it's not just an, there's another Nintendo console, so it's time to speculate about all this stuff again. I think because of how unusual this console was uh, compared to other stuff that they've done in the past, um, and yet strangely does make sense with the, the screen and the Wii U, and you know, and like they're saying, these their, their handheld and console technology is kind of converging. Um, I think that's why I'm so curious, because like, are they going to continue to do weird things or are they going to kind of fall more in line with the, you know, typical Nintendo updates, you know, looking at the updates with them in the 3DS and it's like, there, yeah. the, the writing's on the wall. You've seen what they've done. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to find out what and, the and, answer to that and is. And like, yeah, like I, I, I know I asked about like, like seven, my shoes, Ash, but like, it, like game of does a lot of coverage of like this. <laughs> like, do you ever see any feedback like that? Like saying like, you, like, that's too much. Like, stop covering like every rumor you know that comes out yeah. about that. Yeah, we we've had we've had that in the past where where some fans have felt that, and this was I think probably at least a couple of years back. But we've we certainly had fans who felt that we cover too many rumors, or maybe our threshold for which rumors should be covered was a little too lax. So we've definitely bumped up that threshold, you know, in recent years and recent months. Because yeah, there was a while there where, especially for the Smash Four hype cycle, <laughs> there you know ev- there would be a new rumor from 4chan or from from Reddit every day. It it felt like. And that got a little, we got a little bit of that with the, I never, ever want to think about this again, but the Grinch rumor, or yep. the Grinch leak with, uh, I went, uh-huh. we went to over. Fell for that, hook, line, and sinker. Yep. Well, and, and yep. we just, we were taking a task for not covering it more than we did, because we didn't think it was legit. And fortunately, we ended up being right. Yeah. If we hadn't, we would have had to eat serious crow. But <laughs> but I know that all of us on, on the GX team never want to hear the words Grinch leak again. Yes. And uh, so, you know, I definitely, I get a little, I get a little tired of rumors a little bit, a little, you know, rumor fatigue. I, I, I can experience that. However, 
if that's what's happening and that's the news that needs to be talked about I, in your shoes, I mean, this this story keeps developing. So it makes sense that you do need to kind of revisit it every week. You know, and I feel like we're getting towards the end, the, the light at the end of the tunnel with this. Like we're about <laughs> we're yeah. about a month away from E3. I feel like very likely we'll get some kind of truth out of it by then. Mm. Even if it's just like nothing was announced, okay, right. we could kind of like cool it. Like, let's wait till something tangible actually happens before we go back to this again. Or something was announced, okay, now we have details, we can really deep dive into this. Um, but I, I, I also do sympathize. Like a lot of times when it comes to Nintendo news, the most discussed things amongst a lot of the uh, most Nintendo enthusiast sites, Nintendo news sites, and even just general news sites, like some of the biggest news sites out there, involves like. Like rumors, mm-hmm. but we talked about like all the Smash Four cycle stuff that went like went this way or that way. We had for the like several months talking about Star Fox Grand Prix, which still did like we still don't know what happened with that. It's <laughs> yeah, like, was that real or not? Will we ever know? It's just that there's a lot of history of people like kind of dogpiling on saying, "Yeah, I heard this. I heard this." And then it's not exactly true or was not true at all. And then sometimes it is true. And I, especially when it comes to Nintendo, it's just I don't think you can ever believe anything until Nintendo actually it comes from their mouths. 100%. And, and yeah. I think some fans have like – and uh, enthusiasts have seen that and understand that. And they probably – I can sympathize because I think they just do not care about any of this discussion because they just want – to wait until Nintendo says one thing or the other right. and talk about other stuff. But the yeah. flip side, I hope you also see that, as you were alluding to, Ash, or sorry, you were mentioning earlier, Ash, is that if that's like the hot discussion going on right now and everyone's talking about it, right? this is kind of like what you need to get in on. But I also can see the criticism of maybe talking about for too long um, on an episode, like it dominates the whole episode when there were like maybe other things you could have mentioned and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it is an interesting thing to see, and it is a bit of a balancing act. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we're not spending too much time on this. Like, we, we only talked about Switch Lite. We only talked about, like, a few things about it this time. We got one sure. more question, um, which I think is a good question because it is speculative, but it's about, like, uh, where what Nintendo might want to do or what we'd like to see Nintendo do if these, or these things are really going to happen. It actually comes from Joshua, and they just have one question. Do you think Nintendo will look at what Microsoft is doing and introduce Switch tiers? Do, uh, they could bring a more robust console to the market akin to the new 3DS or 3, uh, 3DS XL models, as well as more streamlined consoles like their 2DS models or perhaps a digital-only model. What is the likelihood of Nintendo creating a, that sort of tier system? So, like, yeah, we've seen other we've seen Microsoft do this. They have all these SKUs out there. Would it behoove Nintendo if they're going to go like this to, to kind of like adopt that or not, you know? I, that doesn't seem like a very Nintendo-esque thing to do. It doesn't seem like something they would do. And I think that also might kind of muddle the messaging a bit with the Switch and just kind of undercut the very simple, very clear gimmick that, hey, this is a portable console. And that's that's all you need to know about it. You know, contrast that with the Wii U where the gimmick was so poorly communicated and was so vague. And it's like, oh, well, it's the gamepad, but there's also a console, but, you know, you can play without the console kind of, sort of. It was muddled messaging. With the Switch, one of the reasons it's done so well, in my opinion, is that it's, like with the Wii, motion controls. It sells itself, you know, exactly why that's cool. Same thing with this. It's a handheld that you can also play on your TV. And it's, it's a portable uh, console hy- handheld hybrid. That's the message. So if you start introducing all these different SKUs, some digital only, some physical, one, you know, one to uh, three different power tiers, whatever, I feel like you're muddling that messaging where it's very simple. The concept is it's a portable console, and that's what's cool about it. 
So I feel like, I mean, I do think we have said that we think it's a matter of when, not if, in terms of a Switch Plus and a Switch Lite. But I don't see them going too far beyond that. Yeah, you know what? The more I have sat down and really reflected on this, the more I'm starting to subscribe to what you just said, mm-hmm. Ash. And a lot of, like, basically the, the talk about at one point when they're thinking it might even be like a Switch 2. I feel like that's way too soon. Yeah. Um, also, like, the rumors are like it's going to be like more, I don't know. I, I feel like the, your part about like simple, effective, clear messaging is very important. They have momentum on their side. I know they want to pick it up a little bit, but like muddling that, muddying that message is not the way to do it. Yeah. Also, segregating the market, their existing market, is also not the way to do it. Like, if they do something that's too right. powerful and leaves behind other users, like, you can't. We one point we speculate that maybe they're going to make a more powerful switch because they want to get higher end AAA games to run on it, but then your base switch can't run those. Like, right. I don't think right. they can do that. Like, I would. I mean, I'd like to see a switch that powerful someday, but alienating so many people that soon, I think, is going to destroy them. That, I, yeah. I don't think that's going to be. Uh, they they can't do that. Um, the Switch Lite, they've, that's been like the, part of their MO. That is a very Nintendo thing, to make a sure. lighter, smaller version of any, both consoles and handhelds. They have done it. They have traditionally done it within a few years of the launch of the original baseline model. And uh, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think the Microsoft thing is like it works for Microsoft right? because that's what they want to do. And, I, and I, don't, I don't think that will work with Nintendo. And even the so-called like whatever upgrade Switch is going to be, I, I don't. I, I at this point, I'm now convinced it's not that significantly more powerful. I right. think it's going to be a new model that actually would replace the baseline Switch. I'm kind of seeing it as like a PS4 fa- Slim yeah, type. They're just going to phase yeah. out the old Switch. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. it's got slightly better this, this, but like you, everything, it still runs everything else. I don't think they're ever more than two models at once. I really right. don't. I agree. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I see it as a. I like. I, I think they're going to position at, position it as a redesign of the standard version, kind of like we see with how Sony iterates in the PS4 or PS3 several times. It's like or the PS uh, the PSP got the PSP 2000 over the 1000. Not really that much better yeah. in terms of. It's just a new version of of their standard system, and I think that's what the Switch Plus or whatever is going to be. Whatever they call it. But I just hope they don't call it the new Nintendo Switch. I'm so sick <laughs> of that naming convention. Super Switch. Oh, super. No, I'll even take that over new Nintendo Switch. I think they just need to come up with a cool, like, I really uh, like a brief, like, yeah. I do too. Letter thing after it, like, you know, like XL or uh, like yeah. X or right. whatever all the mobile phones have been doing. Just right. come up with a catchy one word name to follow Switch or just like. Uh, like you know, some kind of like tag after it, like you know, two exactly. three characters. Don't yeah. don't do something like the, the Switch U, which just confuses oh, everybody. No. Like oh, like, no. don't give them ideas. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, like Switch <laughs> sells the concept immediately. You know exactly what it is. Don't because you switch to you switch to you <laughs> yeah. and what you want. No, stop. No, stop. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. stop. Now now I'm done with this conversation. Yes, nice. We're done. We actually point, done actually, this conversation. All right, but we're gonna wrap this up with one question I picked uh, for Ash specifically. Okay. Um. So this question comes from Sunset Streak. Okay. Hi, allies. This one is for Ash. Okay. With the strong indie boom on Switch, especially with a lot of titles and support from indie crates and Nintendo being keen to at least test the waters with big indie titles like with Cadence of Hyrule, could you see indie crates being allowed to handle a Nintendo property? And if so, which one would you want them to work with? Oh, that's I I, I, lo- I know right. I'm on the spot here. <laughs> well, first of all, I'll say I do love me some indie crates. I love their their work. Uh, I mean, God, Mega Man Zero, Blaster Master Zero Two, just finished that great game. 
Um, because they seem to their their bread and butter does seem to be platformers. I think we we got to go platformer here. Okay. And I gotta say, I mean, I think there are other developers who could really you know, indie developers who could really do this well. But I think I'd love to see them take a crack at a two D Metroid. I think that could be a lot of fun. We don't need another one that soon because we just got Samus Returns, but I think that could be really cool. Um, but, you know, platformers do seem to be kind of what they do best. So I'm trying to think. Metroid, but it would be kind of fun to maybe see them take on something a little less obvious, like maybe a new Wario platformer, a new Wario Land. Uh, something that lets them, I think they do need to be allowed to work with pixels. Make it completely 2D, pixelated, not, not, not like 3D on a 2D plane like Samus Returns. They do such great pixel work and pixel animation. It's got to be something like that. Um, it, maybe, God, maybe even, how cool would it be if they did like a remake of uh, Zelda 2? That's what I was side about on. to say. Yeah, yes, yeah. that was my idea. Right, so I, I was thinking, although I have to say, I think Yacht Club, they've, they've, oh, yeah. uh, they've, they've staked that. They put yes. that stake in the ground. But uh, I mean, I just want to see it happen. And right. Like, Increase is definitely worthy. Right. But, oh, yeah. But yeah, I think I'd like to see them take on one of uh, Nintendo's less obvious platforming franchises like Wario or... Uh, Man, now we just got a new Yoshi game, so maybe not that. But yeah, what if they did a uh, 2D Kid Icarus? That would be really cool too. That would be the problem with that though is as much as I'd want that, anything that Kid Icarus that isn't Uprising on on <laughs> Switch is gonna, <laughs> okay. it's just going to okay. automatically make me a little sad. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I do agree with you. Platforming seems like the, the yeah. forte. Uh, if we're gonna get like really crazy, as long as sticking to sprite art, I'd love to see them trying to make like an F Zero game. That would be really... Just because I want an F-Zero. Well, the thing is, I think Shinin would do an amazing job with an F-Zero game. Because yes. look at Fast RMX, and like yes. they could totally nail that. I just so, also want to make an F-Zero game. I know. Like, I want that, too. Just, every answer is going to be like, what do you want to make? F-Zero. You know, I was thinking... This is really sprite-based. Make me a sprite-based F-Zero. Uh, a, a recent Inti Creates game that kind of fell under the radar, because I think there were some issues with it, was Dragon Marked for Death. And I could okay. see what would, would be kind of cool to get like a, uh, like a four-player co-op... Zelda 2D adventure type game where you got different characters who fight, you know, you know, Link is a sword fighter, Zelda is a magic user, what have you. Almost maybe like a 2D version of not a warrior's game, but a side view yeah. action platforming type Zelda game that, you know, maybe that sounds like, you know, you can't have a platformer, Zelda be a platformer. Well, you couldn't have it be a rhythm game until about a month ago either. Yeah. So I feel like there's room for them yeah. to experiment. And God, if they can get the, the Necrodancer guys to do an indie Zelda rhythm game, I think, honestly, the, the sky's the limit here. Interesting, you didn't uh, any thought given to like just an old school 2D sprite based Mario. I, I thought we got, about we got, that. We got Mario Maker, yeah. Obviously, Mario Maker does have like some element, of it, but I'm talking about a handcrafted, yeah, old school 2D Mario game again. I think, I mean, that could That's certainly not work. Su- not su- I don't want more new Super Mario Brothers, essentially, right? Because, yeah, I thought about Mario, but I, I just feel like into creates they kind of specialize more in that anime type aesthetic, yeah. so I don't know if that worked for Mario. However, that does remind me. Know. That would be cool, and I'd be down for that. I mean, that that, uh, that Mario comic from Nintendo yes. Power, right? I would, that would be awesome to have in game form. <laughs> but I don't know if Integrates would be the one to do yeah. it, but this does remind me, and uh, I think this is something uh, Andre would want a lot too, is a 2D Mario game hand-drawn in that classic Mario art style, such as what you see in the 3D World mm, character select screen, that, yes. that classic 2D Mario art style. Yes. Give me a platformer hand-drawn in that style. Yes. That would be amazing. Please make yeah. it happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I hope one of these come true someday. Me too. I, I hope so. Um, maybe three. Never know. Possibly. I, I just wish, I mean, well, I, I guess I don't need to say this anymore. I w- would have said that I wish Capcom would give Mega Man to integrate, but now that they're making Mega Man <laughs> again, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
can always bring them into the fold, like contract them to like you know assist yeah. in the development of one. Certainly, would be a possibility. Um, yeah, we've seen good collaborations like that in the past, but yeah, I mean, I'm convinced like any collaboration or any developer being handed an IP, especially for Nintendo, is like within the realm of possibility at this point. After everything I've seen in the last two years mm-hmm. from what they've done, yes. You know, this does remind me of our April Fool's joke. GX did uh, Captain Falcon's Space Adventure <laughs> as, a, as an April Fool's joke. And, you know, F-Zero is a kind of anime. It kind of has an anime, you know, edge to it. So that would be kind of cool. Maybe yeah. see Integrate's take on a uh, on an anime-like 2D Captain platformer Falcon. starring Falcon. Like, that could be pretty cool, actually. Yeah, they're not going to make racing games for him anymore, make, you know, an action game with yeah. him. Because, you know, uh, in Smash Brothers, he seems more like an action star than just like a racer exactly. nowadays. Like, yeah. I could totally see him in a cool action game, you know, either 2D or 3D. But I feel like that character is underutilized because he's kind of become almost mimetic to Nintendo now, where he kind of has his own Falcon Punch type thing. Put that into an action game. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, do you have any collaborations you've ever wanted to see Jones from Nintendo like a Nintendo IP in a in another studio I'm not, I'm not up on studios okay. or working I, yeah. on Nintendo stuff so no All right. not specifically didn't know if there was like a, a crazy version of Pokemon I'm not going after that Okay. <laughs> just want to give you a chance. I'm not putting you know, a button on that. I, I, I on forgot that if you've ever been on one. We, we've done this a nice. few times, but I like, yeah, yeah. want to give you the opportunity. But yeah. all right, that's gonna wrap it up then. Um, thank you for everyone who submitted questions to this episode of for this episode of Friend Code. Um, if you'd like to submit questions to be considered for a future episode of Friend Code, you need to be a five dollar and up patron. Head over to patreoncom allies You can do that there. The week that I'm recording the episode, I will let you know the topics we'll be talking about and make a Patreon post where you can submit your question for consideration. Also, if you're a $5 and up patron, you get this episode as well as episodes of many of our other shows early as part of our early access tier. So thank you to everyone for that. I also want to thank both of you being on here, especially you, Ash. I'm so happy. I'm always happy when I get you on here. Hey, I am always happy to be here, literally anytime. I love you guys. Happy to collaborate or be on friend code anytime or whatever. You have any uh, new things uh, for going with the game explain, like new video projects or anything like that? Uh, I'm not sure if there's anything I can talk about. I'm trying to. Ooh, we, we, we do. Secrets. We do have some ideas in the in the works, but I don't know uh, if there's okay. anything I can talk about publicly. So uh, yeah. So but uh, oh yeah. But keep an eye on our Patreon. I, I can say that. Keep an eye on our Patreon uh, for some stuff there. And uh, but yeah, I don't want to say anything specific because I don't want to take any you know any of the thunder out of my colleagues' projects. So, totally understandable. Yeah. But yes, thank you. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, everyone, again for the questions. And until next time, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.